Hello, and welcome to a very spoopy edition of List Envy. My name is Mark Stedman, and this is the podcast in which I collaborate with a guest to build a top five list on a topic they choose. This week's topic is movie monsters, and building it with me is the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour and writer of the Hex Wives comic, Ben Blacker. Ben is one of the uh, most lovely people that I've worked with uh, on this podcast so far. I've loved every guest, but um, Ben has just been, uh, he's been very, uh, very kind and generous with his time. He's a busy man. He's, he's, he's in that Hollywood. Um, yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm running with the big dogs. Um, listen, I'm very important, but let's, get, let's get straight onto the episode. Um, there's, there's plenty of other things to tell you about, uh, which I will do a little bit later, but for now, let's go straight into it. This is myself and Ben Blacker and our top five movie monsters. What kind of stuff are you working on at the moment? Oh my gosh. So much stuff. Um, <laughs> We, um, we're out, Ben and I were, uh, are out with three pitches right now. Um, none of which I can talk about mm-hmm. one of which is pertinent to our conversation. <laughs> um, and you know, then the usual comics and audio and, uh, a sort of big scripted audio thing, which we're really excited about, which also we can't talk about. <laughs> I've spent like the last <laughs> two years working on things I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> well, that's fun. Uh, getting on to monsters, then. What made you? <laughs> what made you pick monsters? Well, I thought it was. You know, we're coming up uh, in October. I don't know when this comes out, but we're we're in the spooky months. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I I I love monsters um, mm-hmm. as much as Acker and I have been doing comedy for 15 years we've been in the comedy world um my heart has always been with horror from the time i was a little kid um i remember uh, so i grew up in boston and one of our local radio stations uh wlvi channel 56 used to have creature double feature on i think sunday afternoons and my dad and i would sit and watch a couple of monster movies whether it was like Godzilla or a lot of the classic universal movies. Um, so especially the monster stuff was, was stuff I was, I was uh, introduced to very early. And then, you know, a love of more, you know, different kinds of horror came later. And then um, not just the, uh, some of the um, midsection bits that you would do in thrilling, but, but very much uh, beyond belief, like yeah. had, uh, you know, there, there was a, a lot of that, and and the uh, the stuff, the 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 man who played the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, you know, I, you, you can hear your your love for for the, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, uh, Acker and I actually in we met in college in a horror film history class. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big you know survey class, and he and I would sit there. And the teacher was terrific. He was a grad student who was teaching this history of horror, um, and Ben and I would sit there and just be like giddy and also laugh at our classmates who were just asking the dumbest questions <laughs> because they aren't, they weren't paying attention. Uh, and we, we, we formed a bond then and there <laughs> in that class that's lasted now 20 years. <laughs> in, in my mind, I'm thinking of uh, that scene in, I think it's Scream 2 where all the kids are in class <laughs> and they're having the discussion about horror sequels and stuff. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning, like what movie monster, if you had the, the reins to a, to a franchise or to, to, to get to rewrite one of the sort of big monster characters um, and, and launch a new film franchise for them, what would, what would you really want? Oh boy, that's a great question. There is one that is on my list, um, which Acker and I actually got to pitch on. This was like 
probably almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Gremlins. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, Gremlins was formative for me. I mean, I was like seven, eight years old when that movie came out. I saw it in the theater. Uh, my dad took me to see it. And, you know, the just the comedy and horror of that was so much fun. We had the opportunity, like I said, maybe eight, 10 years ago, uh, to pitch two Warner Brothers uh, Goonies versus Gremlins. Mm. <laughs> and we came up with like this 10 part series that was so much fun. Like it, it always feels like the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been an absolute blast. But now the, the uh, new Gremlins is coming out. It's coming to the Warner Brothers streaming platform and it looks so good. Z Chun is behind it. Um, it's going to be an amazing series. I'm really excited about it. Oh, wow. Um, I think my, I have such a strong affection for the universal uh, horror movies mm-hmm. and sort of those classic monsters, which are just perfectly designed. They are, you know, they're, they're the trope setters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to get my hands on like creature from the black Lagoon or Frankenstein, um, or, uh, I, I, honestly, any of them except Dracula, I'm ah, super interested in okay. every time they start to relaunch one of these universal monsters, shared universe things. <laughs> I'm like, why, why won't you call me? We know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. We, it's yeah. Come, come see your boy. We've, we've got this. Coming. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and this show that Ben and I are out pitching, uh, this fall started its life as a conversation about launching one of those universal projects. And then we wound up not getting the meetings. We're like, how do we turn this into its own thing? And I think it's, it's better for it. So this, this now uh, raises the question, why not Dracula? (laughs) I don't know. Like, is there, I like what I like about vampires. And in fact, what I like about so many movie monsters um, are the rules of them. Yep. Uh, like that's part of the fun of it. It's part of like what makes that movie monster squad. Uh, people have so much affection for that movie because it really leans into the idea of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's obviously part of the, the sort of perfect, um, design of gremlins, but I don't know. I, I there's something about Dracula just being a guy, <laughs> you know, like he has an accent and he has, you know, good hair, but <laughs> ultimately I'm so much more attracted to the physical monsters. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't know, are, I'm sure there are great vampire movies. I think near dark is a great vampire movie, but I don't know. Are there, can you think of other great vampire movies? <laughs> I think they're really hard to do well. Yes. I, th- I think they are. Cause, um, yeah, it, at, at its heart, I, 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 mm, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, you've put me on the spot. I can't <laughs> think of one. I think I, I can think of ones that I enjoy, but like yeah. really thinking of something that's great. I mean, uh, unless it's what we do in the shadows, um, and that's not, sure, no, absolutely that's not really fair. Um, all right, well, why don't we? Why don't we get? Um, let's get get listicle, and you <laughs> give me what your your number one pick is. What absolutely has to go in the list? All right, I'll say. I mean. I don't have the uh, courage of my conviction on my number one. (laughs) So I'm happy to be talked out of it on a technicality because my number one pick is uh, the alien from Alien. 
Oh, lovely. Um, I, I, I've got that on my list too. Um, so I think that's fine. And I, I think I understand <laughs> your technicality, but I think I'll allow it. It, it. I mean, I think it's generally accepted that Alien, which was a ni- 1978, something like that. Mm, something like that, yeah. Uh, 1979. Uh, that Alien is a horror film, right? It's shot mm-hmm, like a yeah. horror film. Uh, the Alien is a monster, but it has this sci-fi um, gloss on it. Um, I don't think that precludes it from being the best horror monster. Um, cause I think it, it checks all of the boxes of a great horror creature. You know, it, it's truly terrifying. Yeah. Uh, the design of this thing is absolutely stunning. And, and I think you'll see like, there's sort of a running theme among my list that all of the, all of my creatures, all of my choices, um, are practical. Mm. Uh, and I think you, Alien is a great example of how the monster sort of loses something when you start adding digital effects to it. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Alien 3. Yeah. <laughs> and I genuinely do. Yeah. Um, was that the Fincher one? That was the Fincher one. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird entry, but I think the aliens are treated really well in that. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, no, that's, that's, that's a great choice. I... Um, yeah, it was my it was my number three. I think um, it's 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 a great film. I think the for me, uh, so I came to Aliens uh, Aliens first, um, mm-hmm. and then went back and, and discovered Alien and and you know being being the slightly uh, slightly p- pretentious kid I was, I was like, yeah, no, no, d- definitely prefer definitely prefer the original uh, Alien, and I <laughs> kind of still do. I get Aliens, like I get it, I get the appeal, I get you know, get away from a you bitch, that's brilliant, but. Just the suspense <laughs> yeah. and the, the 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 fact that it is a flat out horror film in that first one, um, yeah. it's marvelous. And I yeah. think I think James Cameron is great at sequels. He's great mm-hmm. at taking the thing that you loved about that first one and sort of blowing it up into a much bigger mm-hmm. thing. Uh, a friend of mine was saying, who is a huge Alien fan, had watched them both back to back, and which I, I don't think I've ever done. And he said that the sequel really suffers in comparison. I mean, it's sort of classic 80s filmmaking. It's full of bombast. It's big characters. Whereas Alien, again, part of what makes it a great horror movie is the small moments among the characters. It makes the horror count. Absolutely. And the sparseness of of the, you know, the, the scares, if you like, um, whether it's the yeah. jump scares or whatever, like, the, you know, there's, there's less um, quote-unquote content and it's, there's more suspense and more just, yeah, it, will it, won't it. <laughs> um, <laughs> It is it is a romantic comedy in that way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Will it won't it eat my face off. Um <laughs> so so my first one and and uh, again this this might give us problems on a technical level so I'll, I'll be interested to to hear your ruling. Um and there isn't a definitive one of these but I could point to a few mm-hmm. but it's the zombie. Interesting. Um for me, I think there's something. My my initial list of I've augmented it a little bit from what it was, but my initial list was kind of about corruption, really, um, and sort of uh, humanoid things being corrupted. Now, one of the things on my list, we are definitely it's going to be interesting to see what you think about it. But um, zombies are the one of the things that sort of consistently scare me mm-hmm. um and i i only recently ha- like i don't have traditional nightmares usually but <laughs> that's, a weird did, a couple- that's a weird brag that's a weird brag weird flex but okay um 
yeah, I a couple of my yeah, sorry. Um, a couple of nights ago, like I actually woke up after having a proper legit zombie dream, and I love not just uh, the design, if you like, of a good zombie, but mm-hmm. as to what you were talking about earlier, the rules, um, and and the films yeah. that really play well with a good rule set. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think are, are, are brilliant. Um, you know, I had grave problems with um, World War Z slash Z um, mm-hmm. because it just kept dicking around with the rules. Is that right? I I will say my experience with that film is uh, I watched it on a plane and I was watching the section of the film where the plane goes down as the plane Oops. was landing. So oh, no. to me, that is a successful movie. It is well done. <laughs> <laughs> it was a full, yes. full experience, a, a sensu- sensual experience. Um, Absolutely. Wh- how did they change the rules in that movie? I don't remember. Um, well, one fundamental problem I had, I mean, so, so there's a whole debate about whether zombies run and that kind of stuff and how intelligent mm-hmm. they are. Uh, and in this one, they, they kind of swarm um, yeah. and, uh, and, and climb over uh, massive walls and work together. And uh, okay. I think the thing that I had the, the biggest problem with is less to do with the actual zombies themselves and more to do with the ending in that I think a proper zombie film, and this is going to sound so bleak, but it is, a proper zombie story it ends in hopelessness. It ends in brave... It, it ends in courage in the face of utter hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was like, everything's fine now. The World Health Organization have turned up and it's all going to be fine. <laughs> and I think I stood up in... I actually might have stood up in the cinema and gone... <laughs> with my thumbs down. <laughs> because that's not how you end a zombie film. That's really interesting. I mean, you're considering... And I'd, I'd be curious to, like, sort of do a survey of this, that a key trope of the zombie film is that that feeling of hopelessness, which is... That's the thing I hate in a horror movie. Ah. You know, I, it's so rarely pulled off, but I think the times when it is pulled off, it's been in a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. So what are, what are the films, what are the zombie films that for you deliver that? And, and where you like the zombie design, like what are the best zombie films? Um, for me, when I saw, and this is, it gets us into this whole thing about running zombies, whatever. <laughs> I don't care too much. Um, but <laughs> I was um, enthralled by 28 Days Later. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I was, it, it does not hold up. I'm really surprised. Really? Um, I don't think it holds up. I watched it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, part of it is the, 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 I think the budget had, mm-hmm. gave, gave it some problems. Uh, the acting isn't very good apart from, um, man uh the the irish fan. Oh, um, there's a couple of good perform yeah killian murphy thank you there's a couple of good performances and um donald gleason as well not donald uh brendan gleason as well yeah um Always. but there's a few other things that that really don't work very well at all um and some of the character choices and things like that don't make sense but the the actual visceral nature um of of the zombies uh i i'm i'm completely down with that's interesting i am i i haven't seen it in a long probably at least 10 years but am i misremembering that it sort of had an optimistic ending didn't it i i think it sort of did but there was such a it's it's very quick um and you you get a sense of the still sort of devastation of the world and there's so much panic leading up to that moment that it almost mm-hmm. 
doesn't quite hit as fully sort of everything's going to be fine now. Um, yeah. And I think the sequel, I, I might be wrong. I, I might be misremembering it as well, whether it's one of those that ends with the sort of the, the spread to other other countries. And I, I'm pretty sure oh, I think the sequel right. does that. Yeah, that's right. I know the sequel does that. And it, it really does sort of hammer home this, okay, you think it's all fine now, but look, there's zombies all over the um, Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of stuff I enjoy. Um, so yeah, it's it, it possibly has a bit of an optimistic note. Um, but I, I also like, you know, the, the Romero um, films and, and we'll, we'll watch quite a few of those. Resident Evil, um, surprisingly... Uh, very watchable. really yeah i've, I've never seen that yeah i was i was quite quite surprised with that one there's a couple of really <laughs> good video game films but that's a thing for another day um do do we do we have a bone of contention on zombies I, I'm, I'm interested to know i'll say you know i think zombies don't excite me this is a mm. personal thing mm-hmm. um i feel like i kind of know what i'm getting from a zombie movie and or yeah. or even tv show and there's not a lot of um, it's not, it's not a fungible trope. Sure. Um, I feel like, you know, the walking dead sort of does what you do with zombies and it's probably the best example of what you do with zombies. Uh, so when you get something like Shaun of the dead, it's exciting because yeah. <laughs> here's, they're not only, uh, it's not only comedic, uh, but it's genuinely scary. And, um, these are guys who are in, like it. They're in on the. They're in on the joke. They say the word zombie. They know what zombies are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know we we never get that in zombie movies anymore. They're just never. They're never smart enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a great series that I will recommend. Um, on it was on Netflix uh, called Black Sunday. Uh, Black no, Summer, I think. Black Summer. Yeah, yeah, I'm about halfway through it. I keep picking it up and putting it down, and I've been enjoying it. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it felt like, uh, as, and the way Acker talks about it, he introduced me to it. He said, it's sort of like, it's the zombie stuff that you always want to see that you never get to see. Mm. Uh, have you gotten to that episode in which the whole episode is someone just running from a zombie? Oh no, I don't think so. It's great. It's probably about halfway through yeah. and it's, uh, it's really well done. Like there's so much tension in every scene. Like I remember when the walking dead first started, I was really frustrated with it. Because there was some good character stuff, um, and there's you know obviously the zombie effects are amazing, um, but I kept saying during that character stuff, just put a zombie in the scene, <laughs> and you'll have tension. Yes, <laughs> like you can build tension in this world so easily. Why is it not there? Yeah, uh, and I think that's sort of what the classic zombie movies did, but yeah. It's also, it's case by case, right? I mean, I guess I've never seen a bad looking zombie, but... Yeah, there was, um, there was a wonderful, and we'll, we'll move off this now because we've talked a lot about mm. zombies, but there was a wonderful um, TV series uh, here in the UK, which um, I'd be interested to, uh, for you to check out called Dead Set. Oh, I loved that series. Oh, well, there you go then. Um, yeah, early Charlie Brooker. Um, oh, was it? I didn't realise that. Yeah, it was one of his early TV projects, I think. Oh, funny. Possibly just after uh, Nathan Barley. Um and um like i think that's legit um good zombie fare and again like no yeah. no money um and and you know they they had to make choices as as a result of that but i think that holds up really well yeah and that is i guess that is part of the the appeal of zombies and and why they are sort of ubiquitous on tv too other than the the success of the walking dead and people trying to emulate that is like you can do zombies 
on a TV budget. You can do zombies mm-hmm. with almost no money, as Romero sort of proved. It's it's baked into what a zombie what into the zombie trope. What's what's your number two? My number two is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Aha! Uh, to me, the creature is the best designed uh, movie monster of all time. Um, scary, but also, and I think like this was brought out in um, what was it called, The Shape of Water? Oh yeah, is that the name of that yeah, movie? Yeah, <laughs> which I did not really care for because I don't like my monsters to be romantic. But <laughs> there is a romance to the design of that creature. Um, the the movie itself is beautifully shot. Um, it's worth seeing on a big screen. You know, it's sort of standard 1950s fare, but it also ha- it, it doesn't go so deep into the sci-fi as later stuff with like, as like them or mm-hmm. any of the other giant bug movies. <laughs> uh, cause it has that universal monster, um, basis for it. It sort of grew out of that and started to combine with the sci-fi stuff. But uh, I love the design of the creature. Uh, I love that there is a sort of inherent um, pathos to the creature. Uh, and I couldn't point to why, but I feel like it's it's there in the design. Um, also, from, from a personal um, standpoint, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of those movies that I watched with my dad when I was like, six years old on tv they did a special 3d screening on your television wow and we you had to go to the local uh drugstore or somewhere to get the 3d glasses and they were too big for my head but <laughs> we like held them on with tape or something and tried to watch this movie and and it worked it was really effective i can always remember the creature sort of reaching out uh through the screen <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, Which, um, yeah. As a kid, that's that's exciting. Absolutely. One of the things that, that sort of strikes me with this is bearing in mind. I feel like a lot of these films were made in an era where they would probably only be watched once or twice. Yeah. And so the care and attention that's taken into <laughs> the effects and the costumes um, for for something like this, I think uh, I think it shows. Yeah, I think that's really a good point. Um, a friend of mine. Mallory O'Meara wrote a terrific book um, called The Lady from the Black Lagoon, uh, which is just out this year. And I really recommend any any monster kid should check it out. Uh, It's the story that Mallory uncovered about the woman who designed the creature Mm -hmm. and how her contributions to film history were basically never recognized because she was a woman working in the 1940s. Um, it's a fantastic story and she had an incredible life and it's sort of Mallory, uh, intertwines her story, her personal story with this, this, um, artist story. She was also one of the first female anima- animators at Disney. Uh, she was born and raised at the Hearst castle. Like she has a crazy, mm. uh, life that sort of jumps through California history. Uh, but the lady from the black Lagoon is a, a great book that folks should check out which goes really into detail on the creature design too. Um, now IMDB says that there is a, um, a new version in development, um, but it also lists the, the, the director as Jack Arnold. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. Not sure how that's. Listen, it could be zombie Jack Arnold. Finally <laughs> coming back. Um, they're sort of, I mean, as universal is t- talking about doing their shared universe. Yeah. Um, they're, 
are all of the, the creature and the mummy and like all of these were sort of in development over the past 10, 15 years. Um, I do think the shape of water was initially going to be a creature from the black lagoon um, reboot, which then um, it was taken over and sort of made into its own thing when it was clear that that shared universe wasn't happening. Right. I believe that's the story. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if there's uh if there's if there's another man that I can think of that um, would be it would be good to um, to to get the reins of a, a creature franchise, then it's uh, Del Toro. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your number two? My number. Thank you for asking. Um, my number <laughs> two is Audrey Two. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really yeah. good. Um, I friggin' love this film. Uh, unironically, unapologetically. Yeah. I love Little Shop of Horrors. Um. And I, I return to it often. There are so many things that still make me laugh. Uh, there are so many things that I think, talking about what we were just talking about, that, that are quite impressive um, in terms of the amount of work that's been done. Not even just on the monster, um, mm-hmm. but even a scene with Steve Martin when he's <laughs> drilling into someone's face and someone's you know built a massive mouth with a giant flapping tongue <laughs> that's singing while it's being drilled. You know, just the, the effort. Fantastic. And I enjoy the career that I picked. But Audrey too, um, an amazing voice, uh, Levi Stubbs, and mm-hmm. uh, the animation is so wonderful and lifelike, um, and yeah. it's it's intimidating, you know, when when he, when he starts really going for it and grabbing. Um, I've forgotten the, your man's name. Um, Seymour. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, we'll go for it. Just, gra- you know, basically grabbing him by the balls and, and, and telling him, you know, I need blood and you've got more than enough and all that kind of stuff. And it's, oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, I think it's funny. Uh, I am not a musical person. I don't I don't tend to gravitate towards musicals. Nor do I. Yes. Oh, so much singing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Little Shop of Horrors was one from very early on uh, that, always appealed to me and i guess it's because of the horror aspect of it Mm. um but also the songs are great and i think the songs drive the story forward in a way that most of your classic movie musicals don't um my argument against audrey 2 is that it's not scary (laughs) oh um (laughs) i guess it it depends when you saw the movie (laughs) (laughs) no no you're absolutely right i mean to look at no um but there's the uh he i mean he does eat people ben <laughs> <laughs> that's true you're not wrong um but no he I does know crave mean. blood yeah he does um om, om, om. but yeah like he's 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 a he's a massive plant he's a massive talking plant i mean he's not intimidating <laughs> to look at <laughs> i think you know there's something about a creature that talks that makes it less scary yeah 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 yeah, that's right. Like I'm just looking. Yeah. I'm looking at my list, and none of these creatures speak. And I'm I'm hard pressed to think of an, a creature that does that would that's gener- genuinely scary. And maybe that's my my issue with vampires. Yeah, yeah they're very very chatty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Too chatty vampires. <laughs> Dial it back a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, my my next my next two are not going to make you happy, but that's fine. Um, okay. I well, can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to hear. Let's get your number three. My number three. Oh, number three is Gremlins. Oh, yes. Um, as I said, Gremlins was uh, formative for me. I saw it as you know seven or eight year old uh, in the theater. It scared the hell out of me. Mm. I did not see the comedy in it at the time. <laughs> right. Um, 
but going back to it over the years and and now I go back to it almost every year. Um, it is, it is my Christmas movie for sure. Um, I, the, the glee with which the movie is made and the sort of the anarchy of the gremlins is so much fun. And then, as I said, you know, having the rules stated at the very beginning to me, it helps make it a perfect movie. Uh, you know, we are told in the first 10 minutes of this, here are the three things you cannot do. And then it's just a ticking clock through that movie where the audience is going, Oh boy, <laughs> you know, you know, they're going to break these rules. It's just a matter of time. And then when they do, they don't let us down. It's so satisfying when the rules are yep. broken and we're told, we're told like follow these rules, but not what will happen if you don't. Yeah. Um, and so when they're broken, we get both a, the suspense and the surprise, right? Uh, it's, it's utterly satisfying all the way through. I think like the relationship stuff in the movie works, the gremlins, if you want them to work as metaphor <laughs> for Billy Peltzer, having to overcome his, uh, immaturity and, <laughs> commit to Phoebe Cates uh, and to being an adult, moving out of his parents' house and getting on with his life. Like it's so loaded, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also a fun ride. Like an eight year old can watch this and, you know, a 28 year old can watch this and a 38 year old can watch this and get different things from it. Absolutely. Um, And uh, Gremlins 2 is arguably one of the first major um, sort of, um, pop culture films that was very postmodern. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's such an interesting movie. I, I'm not a fan of Gremlins 2. I know oh, okay. it has its fans. Um, and I think there's a lot of fun in it, but to me, there's too much fun too in it. Fun, it's too yeah. straightforward a comedy. Yeah. Um, whereas I love the way that the original splits the difference and even leans more towards horror. Um, what you can't argue with is the design of the Gremlins. No. Uh, these, they're just perfectly designed. Like, any of the knockoffs that came along afterwards, uh, ghoulies and critters and things, <laughs> um, not only didn't they have the uh, anarchic heart of <laughs> gremlins, but they didn't have that perfect design that it's like, is it a lizard or, but it starts like a teddy bear mm. and I love it. And now I hate it. Like there's so much in there that is, that is so brilliantly done. Uh, it feels purposeful too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on on sort of knockoff front, um, have you ever seen the Irish film Grabbers? I saw some of it. Um, yeah. Is it is it worth going back to? I I again, it was I was watching it on a plane, so I didn't I didn't get to watch all of it. I think I think you're fine. Think, <laughs> it's very watchable, but I think you haven't missed anything. It's fine because <laughs> it is like i'll look for any of those because yeah. they're really hard to come by and yeah. the what i have another one on my list that's sort of in this vein but good versions of this there there are few and far between um i think stranger things season two did a good <laughs> gremlins riff yeah. um but other than that i really can't think of you know a thing where there are a bunch of creatures mm-hmm. um uh, causing chaos in a small town. That's all I ever want from a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
and they're so cute and then 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 just so so destructive <laughs> exactly i had all the toys oh i loved them so much i had the uh the trading cards yep i loved when they used to do that with films um i will say i was even i was in a shop recently and i saw a gremlins mug and i was like i know i'm 43 years old but do i need this i think i do <laughs> i think i need this in my life yeah exactly yeah like, i can't i can't justify even the ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> no um oh that's a, that's a that's a wonderful pick um i, th- I think i think i'm going to upset you um <laughs> And I'll, I'll 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 do my best to justify my pick, but I'm I'm also happy that like it's on my list. It does not have to make the final list. Okay, um, but I'm picking Hannibal Lecter. Okay, I'm not upset. Okay, all right. I considered I considered Hannibal Lecter too. Oh, cool. Okay, um, my sort of cri- not criteria, but one of the reasons it, it did make the list for me was that there's almost a supernatural or preternatural mm-hmm. element to him that he is so you know wonderfully um brilliantly evil um and he just he, he the, the way he fashions his escape and he has this mythos around him almost a kaiser soze kind of um <laughs> you know he is a name already people fear him you know his legend yeah uh, spreads outside of the book that scene the build-up of of clarice going to meet him which again, yeah. again she's given the rules right like you're about yeah. to meet a monster don't let him inside your head. Don't stand too close to the cage. All that stuff is like that. The tension building in that scene is a masterclass. I mean, really that whole movie is. Oh, absolutely. Um, Um, Here's, here's my argument against. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All of my picks are non-human. Yeah. um, Because I thought if we open it up to a Hannibal Lecter, which is to me like the, the, would be the one to sneak through. Mm-hmm. Do we then open it up to uh, slashers? Do we say mm-hmm. Michael Myers and uh, Jason Voorhees? Do we open it up? I even left off, um, to me, my all-time favorite movie and the greatest, I guess, I wouldn't say movie monster, but I guess it's movie monster, is Jaws. Okay, yep. Yeah. I nearly, I nearly uh, put Jaws in. Yeah, and, and, I, and I felt like, no, let's keep it to monsters, to things that are that do not occur naturally in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why I think I, that's maybe even why I didn't think of zombies when I was putting together the list. Um, but I think that like, look, you're absolutely right. Uh, an argument could be made for Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> but okay. do you, yep. but then where do you draw the line? Like, Oh no, you're uh, absolutely right. It's a slippery slope. Is, do you put psycho in there? Oh God. No, no. Well, cause I almost went for Francis Dollarhide. It's, it's a nightmare. No, mm-hmm. we, we can't, we can't allow this <laughs> because where does it end? You're absolutely right. No, <laughs> <laughs> we have to draw the line somewhere. Absolutely. Th- th- this is important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to motor along. So what is your number four? Number four is the thing from the thing. Ah, the, the, <laughs> uh, the titular the, 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 monster. The thing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and this is one where like, I love the thing. I, I like every time Ben and I are, are invited to go pitch something. I'm like, Here's a take on the thing. It's the thing in the suburbs. It's the thing in the jungle. It's the thing in a school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the movie itself is really so much fun. And so again, just a, a simmering pot of tension. Um, and then when the creature itself is revealed, asterisk, uh, mm-hmm. it's in, oh, so satisfying to see this just monstrous, 
otherworldly creature, this design, right, that only some sort of mad genius could come could have come up with. Um, it's I, I don't tend to like body horror, mm. um, but I think the thing does a, an incredible job of taking body horror and moving it into a more monstery uh, realm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's no question that this is a monster movie and not a bar- body horror movie. Um, I think an argument could be made against the thing in that the thing itself has no real shape. Mm. <laughs> right. It's kind of just an amalgam of all the things the thing has touched. But that, yeah, that helps. I think things like that, when, when you have less of a sense of, of shape and size um, or a consistent shape mm-hmm. and size, I think that just that aids the terror. Yes, it's definitely more terrifying, I think, than getting to see even Alien. You know, once you get to see that whole creature, it's definitely scary. It's definitely a great design. But as you say, not knowing what the thing can do, what this alien can do in the thing, uh, makes it much more terrifying. Um, I even like the the remake uh, slash prequel. I, I really, I enjoyed it, but again, it's a lesson against CGI, I think. Oh, what was the, what was the asterisk, uh, that, that you, uh, well, when the creature was revealed in that it's, it's not really a creature reveal, right? Like it's, there's no shape to it. There's no, like you couldn't draw the thing. You can draw (laughs) what the thing becomes. (laughs) Yep. You can draw a thing. Yeah, you can draw a thing. Uh, Which makes it, again, just terrifying, but also sort of amorphous. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a classic creature in the way that the creature in the Black Lagoon or Alien or or the Gremlins are. So I'm I'm willing to have it ruled out of the final final ruling. Oh, I don't know. I think I think um, (laughs) it's it it feels classic. my my final one is, is a is a late change because um, oh. obviously we, we we agreed on on, on the xenomorph um, but yeah my my one was uh, oh, I can't remember what I initially had now it's fallen from my brain um, but what I have changed it to is um, and I'm gonna have to do the voice Pennywise the dancing clown <laughs> um, yeah I never watched the TV special um, but when I saw it uh, a couple of years ago the, the first no, I, I recently saw it again as part of a double bill with the, the sequel mm-hmm. um, I just think it's magnificent and mm-hmm. um, there's the, the film owes such a debt to stop frame animation because there's such a creepy um, th- that that whole sort of um, quick sharp movement that you get in stop frame animation yeah um that's really echoed in both of these films um and yeah. it just makes it even more uncomfortable and 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 wonderful um and as as much as you know stephen king um i'm not a, i love the journey that he takes me on but i'm not necessarily always a fan of the destination uh, <laughs> i think a criticism he understands uh that that aside i i i was thoroughly on board um and i just think it's the the films themselves are hilarious. Like even the second one, it's laugh out loud right? funny. Yeah, there there are a couple of scenes which are in the midst of awful things happening are laugh out loud hilarious. Um, oh, I like that, but also really terrifying. <laughs> really terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the opening of the first film, which also the miniseries had this too, and I remember seeing it as a kid and it scared the hell out of me mm-hmm. with Pennywise in the sewer. And, you know, the kid being pulled through mm-hmm. is absolutely terrifying. And I don't know that it would have been as scary if it weren't a clown. 
Yeah. Right. That's yeah. sort of the, it's, that's sort of the, the, the perfection of it. Yeah. It's going back uh, to corruption again. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, does Pennywise transform in the second film? Uh, yes. Into a spider? Uh, into a big spider with a big clown head. I would hope. I would hope. <laughs> was that scary? Um, the size <laughs> of it was. <laughs> but I'm not scared by spiders that much. <laughs> so you're terrified by, like, Godzilla. If it's just size, that scares you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, size and scales. Um, sc- scale? Ah, no. No, we haven't got time. Um, go. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's the... Um, the cognizance of it, the the sort of the self awareness of it, and the interesting. It knows how to get into your brain and and mess it all up, and and I yeah. I, I love that kind of yeah. Thing. I, the psychological horror of Pennywise is as scary as the outward appearance can <laughs> become. Yeah, yeah. There's something really appealing about that. Um, okay, so give me give me your number five. My number please. five. Um, it's listen. This is just right in my kitchen. It's just. <laughs> Right, right past the sink, through the refrigerator. It's directly in my kitchen. Uh, but Tremors. <gasps> I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I love Tremors so much. Um, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I saw it again in the theater. I was probably 11 or 12 when it came out. Um, and it is... I, like it, it, it in many ways has that Gremlins thing, right? It's... Mm-hmm. It's comedy and horror um, because I was young when I saw it. And I think it, it skews much more towards the comedy, but because I was young when I saw it, the horror absolutely played for me. Um, it has the, the sort of tension of these things could be anywhere. And the, the non-creature showcasing of the creature being present, right, with things shaking and things like that. It has the rules of you have to be quiet. Um, and then I think the design of these giant underground worms is just really cool and gross and classic monstery. Um, yep. My friend Andrew Miller uh, last year was uh, he wrote and, and produced the TV um, remake of Tremors that was going to be a TV series. Kevin Bacon was on board. Uh, we got to show uh, it ultimately was not picked up. Um, but we got to show parts of the pilot at a TV festival and this pilot was so good. But I remember talking to Andrew about why the movie is so great. And he said part of it for him was the creature design is simultaneously a penis and a vagina. (laughs) And it is therefore terrifying to everybody. (laughs) Uh, Which cracked me up, but you will never see the tremors from tremors in the same way again that's it ruined ruined yep and i will say this i want i want to go on record uh they i know there are a slew of sequels and i've seen a couple of them and they're not very good although i do love michael gross um the tremor the creatures and tremors are popularly called graboids I will not. I I will not commit to calling them graboids. That was a throwaway <laughs> joke in the first movie, in the original movie, where they were throwing around names about what what should we call them because we're going to make a theme park. It'll be a destination. Uh, the town of perfection will be a destination. Hey, what about graboids? And they all kind of dismissed it. I too dismiss it. <laughs> uh, right. That's fine. Hashtag not my graboid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but I do love that movie, and I I could watch that movie anytime. 
hey, so this is Mark. Um, that was quite an aggressive way to come in there, like, hey, but um, that's that's how we've begun. And I, I can't stop it now. Um, there's there's literally no way of being able to stop it. Um, listen, so um, thank you very much for listening. If you are a new listener, welcome along. Uh, this is List Envy. We do this every Tuesday and I have a, a different guest on and we, uh, we, we build a top five list together. So in a moment, we'll get to actually putting our combined top five items together. Um, but before that, I want to let you know about a few things. Uh, there are extensive show notes uh, for every episode. So if you want to get links or a bit more context, uh, images, there's all sorts of stuff. If you look at your screen um, of the device, what is playing this audio now, uh, then um, it might just be a, a, a swipe or a tap away, um, as uh, the Rolling Stones once um, nearly sang. Uh, yeah, um, well, you'll find you'll find notes there. You'll also find them uh, at listenvpod.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can do that. So you can find about new episodes. List Envy Pod is uh, is the name there for both. Give us a shout out. Say hello. Uh, List Envy on Instagram. I, I occasionally post on there. And uh, if you've got any thoughts or questions or feedback or comments or things that you want to rage against because you thought one of us got it wrong, then you can email listenvy at gmail.com. And as I said, everything um, that you could possibly want is at uh, well, you know, uh, within reason is at listenvpod.com. Um, my massive thanks again to Ben Blacker for uh, for joining me for this episode. You can find um, links to all of his stuff in the episode notes, but also you'll find him on uh, on Twitter as well at Ben Blacker, and uh, he links to everything there. But thrillingadventurehour.com. Uh, look for the Hex Wives comic. Again, links um, uh, wherever you get uh, wherever you're you're hearing me now. Um, so. Uh, if you want more stuff, more links, more things to check out, if you want my watch list of all of the the sort of major things that we've discussed in this episode uh, and information on where you can actually uh, legally obtain those media, um, if you want to see the trailer for that Tremors TV show that never was uh, but looks really good, uh, if you want my recommendations for Thrilling Adventure Hour episodes that you should check out if you're new to Ben for some reason... Um, then uh, it's very simple to do that. You will, again, find a link to this in the show notes and also at listenvpod.com. It's the Extra Envy newsletter, and it's free, and it's it comes out every Sunday, I think. I think that's when I put it out. Um, and it just has a few extra bits that uh, don't go in the podcast. Now, speaking of extra bits, there's extra, extra, extra bits, uh, which is all in aid of... Um, of me trying to get this uh, podcast transcribed. Um, as I talked about on last week's episode, uh, in in the bonus uh, episode that, that I put out, um, if we can get the episodes transcribed, it makes them easier to access for people um, for whom you know, hearing is, is a bit of a, an issue. Not necessarily completely deaf, but lots of people find transcripts easier to follow along. And it makes the podcast more discoverable um, and indexable and stuff. And so... That's something that I'm trying to do, and you can help me out by uh, just giving me some money. Um, you can do that on a recurring basis. It's just £2 a month, um, which is roughly $2-ish uh, a month, uh, and you can do that at pod.fan slash listenvy. If you've heard this, if you've uh, heard other episodes, or you think, oh, you know what, this this is really up my alley, I've, I'm enjoying this, uh, then pod.fan slash listenvy, £2 a month, $2 a month, that's all it costs, uh, and you'll you'll really help support uh, the show. You'll get extra stuff in your uh, in your feed. There's a, a special membership feed uh, for your uh, your podcast app of choice. Uh, this week, there's a little bit extra from Ben, some stuff that, that we talked about, podcast-related stuff. Um, if you don't want to or uh, you can't, 
that's absolutely fine. Just just tell a friend. Um, point them to uh, to listenvpod.com. Uh, so finally, then um, upcoming guests. We've got uh, we've got some lovely episodes coming up. We've got my my erstwhile uh, podcast mate. I say erstwhile because we haven't recorded in ages. But my podcast friend John Hickman uh, and I talked about things we're leaving behind, um, which is sort of uh, media that that we're now like. You know what? I think I'm done with that now. I don't think I need that in my life anymore. Uh, I've got mathematician Sophie Carr discussing algorithms, uh, speaker and performer Emma Stroud on fruits, um, and Mike McComb uh, of the Eurovision What podcast, or the Euro What podcast, uh, talking about Eurovision. Um, <laughs> so there's loads, uh, loads of episodes uh, coming your way uh, all the way through. I've got them recorded all the way through to, to the end of the year. It's insane. Uh, and you'll find everything again at listenvpod.com. Right, that is quite enough of that. Let's get back to uh, finalising our list with uh, myself and the wonderful and lovely and, uh, and, and talented AF, Ben Blacker. So it now falls upon us um, to, um, to assemble what we've got into, into a final list. So oh um, we have the Xenomorph, uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Gremlins, the thing uh, and the not the the thing that isn't a graboid. Um, we also have zo- zombies, Audrey two, uh, Hannibal Lecter, and Pennywise the clown. Um, I think because we both chose the alien from Alien, uh, that's got to be yes. Ooh, it's got to be up there. Um, I, I I feel like yeah. I mean, I think we can comfortably we can comfortably put Alien at one or two. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm really taken with the thing, um, even possibly even more than the creature from the Black Lagoon because of the, the psychological aspect that the thing represents. Interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. That's about interesting. That. They, they do sort of cover the same territory, don't they? Yeah. Um, if the, like the creature is sort of the, the uh ur text of what a horror monster could be the the alien from the thing is the uh refined version of it right it comes mm-hmm. 30 years later uh, are you getting the cuckoo clock in my background i am it's delightful <laughs> it's uh signaling that uh, time, time is of the essence um okay uh so if you want to choose one of those the creature of the thing i'm happy with either one Likewise, I think Gremlins and Tremors covers, and and Audrey too cover a lot of the same territory. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I think it's so it's 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 such a it's such a classic, and it's so close to your heart, uh, and 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 that that is reason enough uh, that I think we choose the creature um, from the Black Lagoon. Um, Fair. I want to make a case for the zombie. <sighs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh God! Uh, I thought that was enough. Um, I, I, <laughs> um, it's really scary, uh, and it is. Bite. I think zombies are interesting too because they're as much as there is sort of um, literary precedent. They're the newest monster and the newest formalized mm. monster, mm. Um, and maybe worth including for that alone. But like, you know. It was a, a movie monster that wasn't really codified until the 70s, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we've gotten to see the evolution of zombies, both in design, which, you know, which there has been evolution. It's, it's been 
small, there's a very, you know, there's a small target for zombies, but there has been an evolution, whether it's 28 days later or the walking dead, uh, compared to, uh, Romero's stuff where it just looks like people, it would bags under their eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's interesting to look at, to see like such a short evolution of the thing. Um, but it's also, you know, being a newer monster, we haven't gotten the, well, I guess we have gotten the twilight of zombies. <laughs> like we haven't gotten to see quite how fungible the, uh, the story tropes are. And I think that'll be really interesting to see. Like, I think I zombie was a push towards that. Yeah. I think Shaun of the dead is a, a great push towards it. Um, You've also got things like I am legend, which yeah. are sort of playing off similar ideas. That's true. Uh, you know, any, anything that kind of swarms and bites um, there's, there's a few of those kind of zom zombesque. Um, <laughs> that's true. I'm willing to accept zombies, but I'm putting it down the bottom of the list. Yep. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Well, the list that I've got here, and let's see, let's see how, you, how you feel about this. Um, from five to one, I've gone for The Thing, The Zombie, Gremlins, The Alien from Aliens, and The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I like that list, but you know what? I would put The Alien from Aliens at number one. Oh, lovely. Okay. I would switch those two. Yep, yep, yep. A classic, a classic and, and sort of the perfect movie monster. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, in that case, then, um, I, I normally ask my guest if, if, if they consent to this list, but um, I, I consent to that list, um, th- that edit, um, and I, I think we have an accord, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, well done to us both. We do. This is going to go down in history. Absolutely. This is, well, this is definitively decided. This is the canonical list. Um, so where can, um, where can our, our listener keep up with, with everything that you do? Oh, boy. Come follow <laughs> me on Twitter at, <laughs> at Ben Blacker. Uh, it's my name. Uh, there's lots of, lots of fun stuff. Hopefully I'll get to talk about some of it soon. Um, for horror fans, uh, on October 28th, I believe, um, I have my, uh, the collection of my Vertigo, my DC Vertigo comic is coming out. It's called Hex Wives. Oh, wonderful. It is, uh, the concept is, uh, Bewitched plus the Stepford Wives. Uh, it's a bunch of (laughs) witches who have been brainwashed to be uh, sort of classic 50s suburban housewives, uh, figuring out who and what they are and taking bloody revenge on their captors. Uh, It's the first thing I've written by myself in probably 15 years. And um, I have a great affection for it. My collaborators on it, from the editors at DC um, to the artist Mirka Andolfo to the colorist Marissa Louise, like everyone just did unbelievable work on this book um and now you can get the first six issues collected uh hex wives get it from amazon or your local comic book shop uh, that is wonderful and a link uh is is in the show notes um okay oh, thanks ben thank you very much for joining me and um and hashing this out thank you so much this is so much fun i really love the podcast uh i think you're a terrific host uh i hope you do hundreds and hundreds of these and it ruins your life <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate i appreciate it <laughs>